Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This book is not good for you. Book three of the secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Peyton. You gotta be waking up, Queenie. Are you waking up? Yeah. Okay. Say good morning. <laughs> you have to say something so that they know you're here. <laughs> uh, proof she's here. Chapter 13, Attack of the Killer Gnomes. If you've ever run into a teacher outside of school, then you know what an alarming experience that can be. Say your teacher is a supermar- at the supermarket buying groceries. Awful, right? You don't want to know what your teacher eats for dinner. Or how about seeing your teacher at the movies on a date? What could be worse than that? Coffee break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, in theory, we know our teachers are human, but we don't want to see the evidence up close. Now imagine that instead of a teacher, it is your principal that you're going to be seeing outside of school. In fact, you're going to visit her house. That, dear reader, is a terrible task that Cass and her friends now undertook. Their principal's house was the last of five identical townhouses squashed together on a short block. I say identical, but in fact there were no mistaking Miss Johnson's home for anyone else's. While the other four houses had more or less unexceptional, unexceptional grass and shrubbery in their tiny front yards, Miss Johnson had, well, gnomes, a lot of them. I never understood what, the, what possesses normal, sane people to decorate their garden with plastic, with plaster cast versions of two-foot-tall fantasy humanoids. But whatever it was had possessed Miss Johnson, not one hundred times over. There were short gnomes, fat gnomes, skinny gnomes. They had bushy beards, long beards, pointy hats, floppy hats, blue jackets, red jackets, red cheeks, and more red cheeks. It looked like a theme park, said Max Ernest. Looks like we're going on a gnome ride or something. I think they're freaking scary, said Yo-Yo G. Cass studied the gnomes. They did seem menacing, like a Lily Putin or some army. Ah, are we going to knock on the door? Asked Max Ernest. No, Cass answered immediately. She might answer and then we would have to. Besides, I'm sure she's not home anyways. Follow me. Cash trudged through the ivy past the watchful eyes of the hundred gnomes and made her way to the side of the house. The path was blocked by an overflowing trash can. She was about to walk around it when, look, she whispered, can you believe it? They all made faces to inspect their principal's garbage. It was topped by an unappetizing mix of half-eaten lasagna, used tea bags, and soiled newspaper. Wait, it's definitely gross, but what are we looking at? asked Yo-Yoji. Miss Johnson doesn't recycle, said Cass, as if it were the most obvious and heinous crime in the world. Everything's mixed together. Max Ernest shook his head. What happened to green living and, cl- and clean living? 
Isn't that the motto written on the school trash can? And look at that. Cass pointed to the last bit of incriminating evidence, an ugly gray, the ugly gray contents, an ashtray dumped into a frozen dinner. Max Ernest gasped, unstable to hide his shock. Miss Johnson smokes? Yo-Yoji mentioned to his friends to come forward. Come on, the garbage can is making me ill. Moments later, they were standing outside their principal's bedroom window. We shouldn't, we really shouldn't be doing this, muttered, Max Ernest muttered. But he peered in all the same time. How can you sleep in there? It's so crowded, said Cass. Indeed, every aisle surface in Mrs. Johnson's bedroom was covered with figurines and knickknacks. Mostly gnomes, but a few fairies and witches, including a small fabric witch of the kind that you often see in a kitchen. This one hanging from a lampshade. I don't know anybody that has a witch in their kitchen. Coffee break. Okay. At the foot of the door, Miss Johnson's bed, there was a wicker basket containing a St. Bernard puppy curled in a ball. Poor puppy. He has to live as Miss Johnson, said Yo-Yoji. Cass studied the puppy more closely. What's wrong with it? It looks like it's sleeping with one eye open. Are you sure it's alive? It's stuffed, said Max Ernest, like a plushy puppy. Just super realistic. You know, like those fake babies that people get when their kids grow up and they want to keep being parents. Hey, I think she's in the next room, whispered Yo-Yoji. As quietly as they could, they all crouched down and made their way to the next window. Miss Johnson's study. Her friend, their, his friends pressed their nose against the glass. If they could see Miss Johnson's profile, her, her face lit by the green computer screen in front of her. On the screen was a card game. Poker, said Yo-Yoji. Our printable is playing poker. Look at her. She's on a full gambler. Or she's a full, full-on gambler. Next to Miss Johnson, a cigarette rested in an ashtray. She picked it up, took a drag, smoke curled around the dragon's breath of her mouth. While Yo-Yoji and Max Ernest stared in, hor- in a horrified fashion, Cass crept along to the other end of the window. Here, right on the other side of the glass, sitting atop a, a file cabinet, was a small metal object. Cass couldn't see it in detail, it was half hidden by a stack of papers by the two prongs, but the two prongs were unmistakable. She turned to her friends. Okay, this is the plan. You go knock on the door and talk to Miss Johnson while I slip back through the window and get the tuning fork. That's stealing, said Max Ernest in alarm. She doesn't have, she doesn't have proof she owns it. Remember, for anybody who knows, it could have been ours. It's still stealing. Cass knew that Max was right. Breaking and entering was hardly a model behavior, but her mother's life was on the line. Unfortunately, she couldn't tell them that. Before the kids could debate any further, a higher pitch wail sound in the side of the house was flooded with light. One of the gnomes was spinning in a circle and his eyes glowing. Evidently, the fantasy creature hid a very real alarm system. Who's there? I'm warning you, I have a very vicious dog. Two minutes later, the three kids were standing in the doorway, facing a furious, sputtering principal. Not only did you barge into my house uninvited, you have the gall to ask me to give up a precious family heirloom. Why on earth should I? 
Well, the guy said that you couldn't sell it without documentation, so what are you going to do with it? Throw it away, asked Kath, and not recycle it? Like you don't recycle anything else? She kept adding. Miss Johnson started stared at the kids in disbelief. Have you been rifling through my trash? They shrugged. How very, very dare you, Miss Johnson exclaimed. And she saw everything in it. Yeah, and she saw everything in it. Everything, said Yoyoji, drawing the word. We're going to tell the whole school if you don't give us the tuning forks, Cass said immediately. Max Ernest added, how about that? Miss Johnson, still wearing her violet pantsuit, was rapidly turning a mismatched shade. I see. And how do you know the trash is mine? Does anyone else live here? Asked Cass. And are they the ones smoking cigarettes and getting cancer? I, it will be your word against mine, said Miss Johnson. And nobody will believe you. You'll all be expelled. Hyoyoji held up his cell phone. What if we have pictures? Miss Johnson recoiled from the image of her recycled trash. You children are horrors. Maybe we're horrors, but you're a hypocrite said Cass. That's blackmail. Hey, Cass, Max Ernest whispered in her ear. She nodded and reached into his pocket. Miss Johnson, Max Ernest said, I think your dog had an accident. What do you mean a dog? What dog? We saw a puppy sleeping by your bed. Miss Johnson nodded cautiously. Max Ernest pointed down to the ground where it had been, where he had discreetly dropped a piece of molded brown plastic that he tricked Cass with earlier. It looked awful lifelike lying in the dirt. But how in the world? Max Ernest suggested. It's only natural, right? That's what dogs do. As distressed as Miss Johnson was. As as the distressed Miss Johnson puzzled over how her fake puppy could possibly have defecated on her doorstep, Cass pushed past and ran inside. Where do you think you're going, young lady? and then returned with the tuning fork in her hand. Miss Johnson trembled with rage. You know what? Take the fork. My mother always said it was cursed, and you sh- and for your sake, I hope it is. Great, thanks, said Cass, already starting to run down the steps. I never want to see any of you again, shouted Miss Johnson, and the three kids disappeared. Don't bother coming back to school as long as I am principal. Blackmail is an ugly word, and I will leave it up to to you to judge whether it applies to this case Cass was trying to save her mother's life perhaps that excuse that excuses her perhaps it doesn't i wouldn't venture to say all i know is that it is against the odds that she holds the tuning fork just as instructed by senior hugo and she would have brought brought it to the restaurant with time to spare he had not come for her first Ooh, Peyton, she has the tuning fork. Are you freaking out? Are you freaking out? Hello? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, she's freaking out. I think she's not even listening. That's okay. All right, on to the next.